0: What's up, buttercups? Welcome to another Mean Age Daydream with me, your host, Brian McWilliams, the greatest voice for liberty, freedom, and uh, jokes about Meghan Markle and Harry... The Prince of Pustonia that has ever lived. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me and coming back here. I uh, I think I'm going to do a bonus episode, by the way, this week over at the Mean Age Daydream solo feed, because honestly, there was just so much for me to get into on this episode. Oh my God, I'm realizing my microphone cord has popped out. Apologies. There we go. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Gotta love it when you start a live a live video, and then realize that the microphone cord has popped out, but such is life. There we go. Should be fine now. But anyway, I'm going to do a Mean Age Daydream solo feed episode talking about Meghan Markle and Harry. Of course, Prince Harry has his new book that came out, Spare. If you don't know what spare stands for, well, it's because he's the spare heir. Because, you know, we should feel very sorry for this privileged little bitch. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that today. Too much other stuff to talk about. But before we get into the show proper, guys, I want to remind you: you can support what we're doing here at the Lions of Liberty Network. For me and John, we're making a big push. We're going to grow the podcast. This is going to be a huge year for us, not only from a perspective of uh, buying ads from other friends and uh, and podcasts and the family here, going to events. We're definitely going to be going to Pork Fest. Probably going to be going to some of the uh, Libertarian conventions. More than likely, going to Freedom Fest again. So. Love to have your support, get you on board. You get all our bonus content by joining the Pride, including my good morning fuckhead daily rants, including Degenerate Gamblers, which is just wrapping up actually, but we still will touch base on that with funny stories, including secrets, lies, and cover-ups, and live streams like this one. I'm live streaming right now for people to watch and enjoy uh, before the show comes out for the common folk. But not only can you get access to that for as little as $5 a month, but you can also get discounts at our Lines of Liberty store. And I want to show you two brand new t-shirt designs, pretty freaking sweet if I do say so myself. Both of these have kind of come about from uh the most recent, I guess, I don't know, meanderings that we've had in our own minds. One is this beautiful shirt came from something that John O'Dermat had said on this week's Finding Freedom, which is that television only exists as filler for pharmaceutical ads. This shirt will be available, should be available by the time this podcast publishes. I think John's diluting it into our lionsofliberty.store. That's the address, lionsofliberty.store right now. Fantastic shirt, by the way. Television only exists as filler for pharmaceutical ads. A greater truth the world has never known. And I had a tweet yesterday that I uh, thought was pretty damn funny. And I decided this should also be a shirt. Actually, I was encouraged by an Instagram follower of ours, Fat-Ass Foggy, or Fat-Ass Foggy. <laughs> sure, probably butchering that name. But they said, hey, you need to make this into a shirt. So there you go. And it's my catchphrase for Big Pharma, which is, of course, Big Pharma making myocarditis ourocarditis. And it's got a little winky face man and a, uh, a syringe going through a heart. Great shirts, guys. Check them out at lions of store. And like I said, you can get a discount and you can actually get free t-shirts uh, and free merch by going at different levels in our Patreon and uh sign up there, get the perks, patreon.com forward slash lions of liberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com. Okay. So getting into it. I actually did a couple different rants this week on my Good Morning Fuckhead uh, daily rant show for the the paying Patreon people. But I do want to touch on Hamlin and the collapse of this Buffalo Bills player just for a minute. I know it's been done to death, but there is something I just want to add about this. You know, it, it's something we're coming out. You go, wh- how much do you say about this, right? What conversations can you have? Are people instantly going to jump to the conclusion that this has something to do with the vacations? <laughs> Wink. Or are they going to buy the mainstream narrative that this has come from this? And I'm, I'm blanking on the specific phrase, but it's basically... Blunt force or actually, usually it's very sharp force trauma to the heart. And this is a, a medical condition. We've seen it in Little League. It's a lot of time kids. You know, John talked to this on actually on Monday's show, too. Little kids getting hit in the chest with a baseball at a very specific point. Right. Or like Chris Pronger in hockey and in NHL got hit with a hockey puck directly to the heart. Right. Cardiac arrest. But it happens with very, very pointed points of extreme impact. Right. Typically not from blunt force trauma. So the question is, why have we not heard more about bruising? Why have we not had a declaration from his people that this is definitively not anything to do with a vacation? Questions arise, right? So while you don't want to jump to conclusions, the way in which the media has run a smoke screen and was all hands on deck to try to say, and it, you know, the Babylon Bee had uh, had a, a great tweet about this, saying. You know, we don't know what the cause of this is, but it's definitely not that one thing, say experts and media. And that's really what it does seem to be coming down to, right? The media is going out of its way to say, well, it's not it's not that one thing, right? Dr. Fauci, and I'm not going to p- play the clip because every podcast in the space has played the same Dr. Fauci interview. But Fauci now went on TV and said, oh, I don't think it's that. You know, again, running cover for the vacations. I will say this. I find it to be interesting, and this is what, you know, when you talk to people that believe that this can't have anything to do with it and you shouldn't even have a conversation or entertain the thought that this could be related to the injections that everybody was forced to get and, of course, that 95% or 98% of NFL players were coerced into getting – that you can't have the concept come into your mind that this could be responsible. Well, those people you typically don't know about all of the other injuries that have happened from players that are without a doubt injected. And this is in international soccer predominantly. That is a cardio heavy sport. You never stop moving for you know 45 minutes plus and then you get a 10 minute break and then you're back out there for another 45 minutes plus. A lot of those players have collapsed. Um, you have younger people than typically have sports related heart issues collapsing. And just two days or whatever, well, I guess it's probably a week now after this bills player went down, you have a college basketball player in an old dominion basketball game that was televised collapsed on the court, clutching his chest. It's fair for people to ask if there's something going on, right? And the fact that there is so much pushback immediately tells you more than a study coming out, honestly about the effects of uh, MRNA and and heart issues. It says a lot just looking at the response. So anyway, that's that. I also thought just the the fact that they canceled the games was ridiculous, but that's that second thing I just want to touch on, uh, on early in the show, because again, I'm not going to be able to get too much into this. Um, and I think I'll go into a little bit more on the solo show is the situation over in Brazil. I was joking about how it was it cracked me up because you got the insurrection in Brazil going on, right? Where now it's the uh, quote-unquote democracy happened. To elect Madero, uh or Maduro, this guy who was in in power in Brazil, then Bolsonaro comes in, you know, elected by the people, then gets pushed back out again, right? Oh, they voted for the old guy despite the fact that the old guy was known for being the most corrupt and being having ties to all of the most corrupt organizations in Brazil understandably the people are a little upset now i don't know if these elections are completely safe or completely accurate but i'll tell you what the u.s said that they were as if we know because every time an election goes the way that the dominant ruling party happens it just happens to be the democrats at the point in time of course it's a safe secure election how dare they question the results but i was joking about with the time differences it january 6th <laughs> in brazil right now <laughs> Because now you've got massive crowds in the streets. You've got them storming the Capitol. You've got military members now standing down and military siding with the people. So that situation could get pretty interesting. And I wonder if now we're going to have to see uh, the United States get involved in some way, shape, or form uh, to back the socialist leader over there. But we shall see. All right. Um. Like I said, I think I'll probably talk a little bit more about that later in the week on a show. i will mean, try to record that on Thursday. So let's get into this. I wanted to talk about a few different things on this episode. There's so much going on. The first and foremost, though, is the Washington Commanders, which, of course, were the Washington Redskins. They had changed their name right to the Washington Commanders, which I joked, of course, was very fitting considering the military industrial complex and Big Pharma, of course, run Washington, D.C. So the Commanders makes perfect sense. I'm sure all the people at Boeing and uh, north of Grumman were over the moon with this name. But they couldn't figure out what their mascot was going to be until very recently. And I'll show this picture, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, of the new mascot, which is already just getting the worst responses because Washington can't do anything right. They seem to have some sort of allergy to doing anything correctly, intelligently, or uh, with any sort of of class or dignity. And it is to show you Major Tutty. Yes. And I'm I'm reading an article from the Washingtonian, which of course is based in Washington, D.C., about it says, Major Tutty is cruddy. Five reasons we loathe the new commander's mascot. And here he is. It's a pig, a big, fat, and he is big and fat. He's got a big, fat gut, a big, fat pig in a World War One helmet with the Washington Commander's logo on it, which, of course, is just a W. So they are literally the Washington War Pigs. I mean, look, it's awful. It's stupid. I feel bad for their fan base. But at the same time, I love it. I mean, is this, are, are they trolling us? Is this like some sort of, you know, the old meta memes? Like this is meta shit going on right here. They've gone so deep that they're like, you know what? Screw them screw let's just put it right in front of their fat dumb faces and make them eat it up we'll make them buy our stupid merchandise with our war pig on there we'll make them watch us run the american flag out there and fly the jets over the stadium we'll make them watch us honor the military people and then they can watch us go to war on their dime and you know what we're gonna have this big stupid pig rolling out there oinking up the joint feeding at the trough I mean, is there any better metaphor for Washington, D.C. than a war-based pig (laughs) And that is now the official mascot for the Washington commanders? It's something that if you saw it in a movie, you'd be like, that's too on the nose, dude. That's too on the nose. Like, I was joking they should have been the Washington snakes because obviously Washington is full of venomous vipers that are shedding their skin at any opportunity to get an advantage I wouldn't even in my wildest dreams have suggested the Washington war pigs because it is too appropriate and people would have gone, ah, that's, that's dumb. What are you going to, you're going to wear the, you're going to wear the Danzig t-shirt to the Danzig concert. (laughs) It's like the old Wayne's world joke. (laughs) My God. But uh, Bravo, I I, I can't get enough of it. Bravo to, was it Colonel? Was it Colonel Tutty? Captain Tutty? Major Tutty. Which, of course, Major Tuddy also sounds like what Prince Harry would call his dick. Megan, can you give Major Tutty a little pull? Can you give Major Tutty a pull on my putty? I need to come. I'm sad because I wasn't named king. I'm the spare prince. <laughs> Megan, I'm the spare prince. Make my penis cry as much as the tears coming out of my eyes. Pull on Major Tutty. Pull him. I'm a fucking jerk off. All right. Anyway, so that's one topic. The next topic I want to roll right into here is, you know, it's something where I want to get angry about it. And I feel that that is the natural inclination of most people in our worldview, right? Uh, The worldview that everything's gotten a little bit too woke in the entertainment industry, which it has, um, that this whole pushing of the trans agenda is poisonous. Um, You know, not to say that trans is poisonous at all. That's not what I'm saying, nor would I ever say that. But the agenda is poisonous because the agenda is going beyond the pale in regards to, um, you know, trying to propagandize children into getting, I guess, taking advantage of people that are at their most vulnerable points emotionally, physically, in regards to their body growth, skeletal growth, uh, hormonal growth, and getting in the way of a natural progression for that person. That's what's poisonous. And there goes along with that, you know, this agenda, which has been pushed through in mainstream media. We're seeing it constantly. I can't remember what TV show. There's some cartoon show which has, uh, you know, prominent trans male pregnant character, And I got some kids show, some children show. And I remember I was like, oh, I'm not watching that. But you see it throughout, right? You saw like, I I think it was Calvin Klein, maybe, or one of these big, big, very popular underwear brands. Maybe it was even Victoria's Secret. One of those had run an ad right in break for the Holidays with the pregnant dude, right? It was his, the woman, again, a couple that just is so ridiculous that it even exists, um, I guess like attracts like, but it was a man who became a woman and a woman who became a man and they met and got married because that's obviously what should happen, right? And the woman who became a man then got pregnant because she is really a woman and not a man. But yet we're supposed to believe that men could get pregnant. And just recently, you know, friends of ours and even my wife when she gave birth to our daughter about four months ago, all the, all the sheets are changed from woman to birthing person, right? There's no more mother, nope, birthing person. So anyway, went a long way to get to this point. Comic books have become one of the biggest pushers of this woke agenda, and not just in trans issues, but of course they call it, you know, uh, like the Marvel D she universe, right, is what they joke now is the MCU, because they keep changing all of these characters, which are superhero men, into super ladies, and predictably, they're not taking off. Because, frankly, even women don't want all women superheroes. They still like that powerful man character. It appeals to them on many levels, right? The men want to be the guy. The women want to be with the guy. Uh, Just like these sex symbol women, people don't want to see lunks rocking around in the superhero outfits because men want to be with that superhero that's hot and women want to be this strong heroine that looks great. There's reasons for these things to be the way they are and to evolve in the way they have. And so they're trying to up to you know open this apple cart and flip it over. There's a reason that DC canceled the Batgirl movie, which was woke from what we hear. You know, black, black, batgirl, and just unwatchable. It tested terribly because everybody said this is bullshit. Get it out of our face. Well, the latest Joker, uh I think this is called the it's a comic book about the Joker specifically called The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing. And this is issue number four and has some of, honestly, the worst cart I mean, the worst drawing. I just, maybe I'm from a different era of comic book drawing where I expected more. You know, I'm from that Rob Liefeld era. And, uh, oh God, who's the guy that did uh, the X-Men back in the day and Wolverine? Jim, blanking on his name. And of course, you have Scott McFarlane and Spawn and Spider-Man. So I expect a certain level of talent this is drawn like it's from the 1940s, but that's kind of gets to my point point. and I'll share my screen here. So again, if you go and watch on YouTube and by the way, while I'm talking about this, if you guys can do me a favor, go to YouTube, hit the subscribe and notify button on the YouTube because we are being throttled so thoroughly. I mean, it's, it's been shocking to see because we've been picking up steam, you know, again, and we have 6,500 subscribers. That is not a small amount, we get something like, you know, some of our videos will top out at, you know, a few hundred views, but typically our videos are getting a hundred and some views. Like we had got, we had been growing again after they gave us a strike, after they banned us for 10 days, which they continuously do, we were growing again. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, our traffic, our views get cut by a third or cut by two thirds, right? So now we're getting 50 views instead of 180, 200 views. This is not a coincidence. We are being censored. We're being shadow banned. They're not giving people access to the content. They're not telling the content's coming out. I need you to help us to combat the censorship that's going on by YouTube. So that means going to Rumble, subscribe to our page there. That means going to YouTube and hitting the notify button. There's a little bell. Please hit it. Otherwise, you're not going to see our content because they will not let you see our content. That's the poisonous environment that we live in with big tech. That's why Twitter is so fucking refreshing. And I'm going to talk about Twitter, uh, a, a Twitter victory, which sadly, where are the Fauci files? I thought I was going to be able to talk about the Fauci files tonight. All right, getting back to this topic. So the Joker, the man who stopped laughing. Now, I don't know if you can see that. I'll try to zoom in a little bit more, guys. But oops, I zoomed out. That was dumb. So you can see the panels here. And it's got the Joker, he's turned around and he gets up and he goes in, he talks to a King Gorilla or whatever, he says, good morning boys what are we doing today? I was thinking of trying to sneak out onto the space shuttle. And then he goes, uh, boss? And then he looks down and he says, well, what have we here? And he's pregnant. The Joker wakes up and he's fucking pregnant. And his little uh, Joker sidekick says I think you're pregnant. Joker says, I think we're right, I think you're right. Do we have a good OBGYN we use? Now, I've read about this, right? This article goes into detail. I'm reading on polygon.com. The thing about this is, right, the initial reaction, and this is the reaction that I want to have and that most people have and that Fox News writes about, is to say, what the fuck? Like, get this out of my face. I don't need to be propagandized more. I don't watch and read comic books in order to have you propagandize me with the trans agenda and push this. And I don't like the fact that kids read these comic books and you're trying to push this on them, right? That's the initial response. And yes, there is an aspect to that here. Just the fact that they're showing the Joker as a pregnant person, you could argue is pushing that agenda, right? Is helping to condition kids and, you know, impersonable, impressionable people to accept a man being pregnant. Fair enough. However, having read comics for a very long time, having seen some of the comics that came out back in the 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s, you know, because I used to collect them. I will tell you, this is all being made too much of. The actual story behind it is that the Joker ate a bunch of mud, a magic mud or something. some a really stupid twist. And it turned into a little Joker mud baby in his belly that he then, by the way, th- like vomits up. I think I don't even think he actually gives birth to it. I think he throws it up and it becomes a little Joker mud monster. That's the story. Now, well, I said, you can argue that this pushes the trans agenda. Fair enough. In my opinion, if this had happened in any of the previous decades, it would just be nothing. It would be considered another stupid side story in the comic book lore. They've done it a million times. I can guarantee you there are far dumber stories. I should just, I'm just going to live Google it. Uh, male superhero get pregnant in comics. Let's just see if there's other examples of this because i guarantee you there are comic books go through stupid shit all the time there's an, there's an example of a like star man or something he's, he's pregnant in here all right so let's say i'm just i'm just fl- like scrolling through this to see if something comes up just with a man getting pregnant because again it's something so goofy that i'm surprised if it hasn't done before i'm surprised it hasn't because it's just one of those things where you go oh they'll never see this coming Nah, I can't. this one doesn't have it. But again, if it was in the 80s, you'd just go, oh, what a stupid side plot. Ah, do you see that comic book where the Joker got pregnant? It would actually be entertaining. If I'm being completely honest, if it was any other era, it would be an entertaining little twist. You go, how the hell is this? How does the Joker's pregnant? This is bonkers. Get out of here with that Joker being pregnant. It would be entertaining. It'd be funny, especially to happen to the Joker. The Joker's going to be a parent. What a twisted world we live in. The fact that we're so attuned and hypersensitive to this is the only thing that makes this evil, in my opinion. That's just my take. You don't have to agree with it, but that's my take. Any other era, this goes under the radar just as, you know, stupid comics being stupid comics. So there you have it. All right. Next topic. Uh, I talked about Twitter, right? You know, I talked about how we're being completely screwed on YouTube. Well, Twitter obviously has opened up. I definitely will say I have gotten more subscribers. My tweets are getting more interaction. Fabian Liberty still thinks that I am being shadow banned. And I think there's definitely a possibility to that, Um, but it might just be because I curse a lot. And granted, the cursing probably also keeps down some of the views on this YouTube channel, but that should only apply to my show, not John's show, which in which he doesn't ever curse. So again, the throttling being across the entire lines of Liberty Network shows, pretty obvious. That being said, so Twitter, I saw a story come through the cycle, and it turns out the story is actually old. Stanford University put out a whole guide to, you know, what you can and can't say. The language police got involved, and it it was the same old kind of stupid crap that colleges have been doing, where you can't say crazy, and you can't say uh, someone's a spaz, and you can't say this, and you can't. But again, innocuous terms that have lost all real meaning. And I talked about spaz before. Actually, I think I, talk, I might have talked about this for a different university back. You know, when it happened, like Princeton did, it or something. And in particular, talking about spaz, and and somebody would agree with me. I might have been uh, been Sean from our our Lions uh, our Lions on locals community they tried to police language and they put out this document, which was specifically for the IT department at Stanford. And I was laughing to myself about Stanford because Stanford's so hard to get into. Like I have a, my, my little, uh, not, it's not little anymore. My brother-in-law, right. He's younger than me and younger than my wife by quite a bit. He was born, born way later than she was. Kid's a genius. It's got like, I don't even know, 1560 or 50, 80 SATs. He's the only kid to be accepted into this really prestigious astrophysics internship. The first high schooler ever didn't get into Stanford, rejected from Stanford, right? Because he's white, number one, uh, because he, you know, he's, I don't know, lives in L.A., but predominantly because he, he's white. they <laughs> so didn't get it. So despite his you know, many accolades and being the first to accomplish all these things. But I just was laughing. I was like, and that was his number one school, right? I guess the astrophysics program is very good there. That's what he wants to do. He gets rejected from the school that puts out idiotic dog shit like this that apparently is accepting the best and the brightest kids that are complete morons that they want to condition with this trash. So I'm beyond happy that they rejected him. I think it's going to be the best possible thing that happened to him. And uh, just... The fact that they put this document out, though, right, it got publication in, like, Fox News and, you know, I'm sure The Daily Caller and all this other stuff covered it, right? I'm sure, like, uh, you know, Post Millennial probably wrote about it. But it also went viral on Twitter recently. It recently went viral. Now, it came out several months ago that they actually released the document. But they rescinded it. And this has come very recently that the news came out that they walked it back. Why did they walk it back? Because it leaked on Twitter and because it went viral and because everybody saw the stupidity, the censorship, the authoritarianism, the control of language and the intentional changing of how people perceive language and what words mean to push this ultra leftist agenda. And they mocked it. They reject it. They called this university stupid on its face. And the university said, you know what? We ain't winning this battle. But that's the power of Twitter. And that's especially the power of new Twitter because new Twitter does not seek to push down those opinions that go against the ultra-left orthodoxy. Whereas before, that might have very well happened. And in fact, from what we've seen from a lot of the Twitter files, probably did happen. So now you're seeing the promise of Twitter. And this is what I've been talking about in regards to this for the last few weeks. The promise of Twitter is a real-time response from the population, a real time slap down or congratulations in regards to real life moves made by these massive organizations where they're being held accountable immediately, where you're seeing the public square debate what's going on. And predominantly this was mocked, just like there was another thing. And this is back, back when old Twitter was still happening, but I guess it was just too powerful. They couldn't uh, squash it fast enough back when the it was like the black. History or African American portion of the Smithsonian put out a guide to white supremacy, saying that hard work was white supremacy, that being on time was white supremacy, that uh, I don't know, you know, all these different things that tr- uh, that trying hard to achieve was white supremacy. Things that were so beyond insulting to every black person on the planet that it was so quickly slapped down by public response that they had to rescind it and apologize and everything else. That's the power of what we're seeing now. I just signed up for my Twitter. Twitter should give me a free subscription for the uh, the advertisement I'm going to give them right now. I just I signed up for my my Twitter Blue. It's eleven bucks a month. Do I feel like spending eleven dollars a month on Twitter? Fuck no, I don't. But at the same time, I spend eleven dollars a month on all sorts of stupid shit. I probably accidentally wink hit OnlyFans <laughs> accounts for eleven dollars a month and then forget about them until I go. What the hell is this? you know, drunk, drunk things, you do. So $11 a month, I, I'm, I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. And I'm willing to put my money where my freedom of speech is. And this is literally Twitter is where my mouth is. That's where most of my thoughts are shared. Otherwise, you know, I'll post them in the lines Liberty Pride. I'll post them on Facebook here and there, but Facebook again, is so throttled in regards to who sees what I don't even, I don't even like to go there much anymore. I know from our Lions of Liberty account, like I was talking to Matt and Terry Kibbe who were on the show last week about, you know, they said, why didn't you tag us on Facebook? Because our Facebook doesn't get any views. You know, we live stream to a Pride members because the Pride members, it's a private group. They can all see it and watch it. But our main Lions of Liberty account, you post something on there, 20 people see it. We have thousands of followers. Thousands of people have liked that page. You know, I, I can't, I, I'm sure I think we have like 9,000 people that follow that page. 20 people see a post. 20. That's clear censorship. Now, you can pay to get those views, but I'm not going to pay to get Facebook views. I don't want to give my money to Facebook. I'll give my money to Twitter because Twitter is giving me exposure. It's allowing me to voice my opinion, and it's not throttling me. And I'm not going to lie. I like the fact that I can edit the tweets up to like you know, 48 hours or something. When I hit send, it goes, all right, you got a chance to to stop if you don't want to send this. And I did that once. I was going to tweet at this, uh, this asshole who was crowing about diamond dying. And I sent some really horrible tweet and I said, I don't want to go, I don't want to be that guy and go down this road with this dickhead. But yeah, you see those demons, demons uh, crowing about diamond dying. Yes. (laughs) Libertarian podcast review says I have a dirty mouth. It's true. It's true. So, Point being, you're seeing the potency of Twitter now and why these people were so afraid of Elon Musk taking over, why you saw academia, why you saw mainstream media, why you saw government talking about, writing about, warning you about the horrors that were about to come from Elon Musk taking over Twitter. They were telling you that because they wanted you to run away from Twitter because they're opening up the world Elon Musk has opened up the world of accountability, of real-time response, and of actual truth coming out in response to a lot of these idiotic policies. And that's what these people are afraid of. Speaking of, next topic. I, mean, I should have like a fucking like that, like PTI. Yeah, mail time. Have a little interstitial. There. New Jersey schools, all schools in New Jersey. Will now teach a course on media literacy to K through twelve. Now, what does that mean? You might ask. Well, I'll tell you exactly what that means because I talked about this and I showed a little clip about this when uh, little little uh, potato boy, little piglet potato, little the first baby war pig, uh, Brian. What's his face? Oh, I can never remember his fucking name. The guy from CNN. Brian, now that he's out of my life, I've forgotten his last name. Good. I hope he fades away. I hope he fades like Marty McFly, man. Wouldn't that be awesome if that fat little turd was just sitting at Christmas dinner and then he slowly started to fade away right in front of everybody's eyes? Well, anyway, whatever his name was. The chunk from uh, CNN's, uh, you know, reliable sources he did a whole episode where he went to a school to crow about this program that all the major mainstream media outlets had put together and sponsored about media literacy. And the target of the program was to go into schools and teach kids to tell the difference between real news, wink, and fake news on social media. What is that? OK, that's what all this is, is a, a propaganda campaign to get them to watch mainstream media, to not question narratives. What New Jersey has now gone and done is formalize that into a uh, official program signed into law by Governor Phil Murphy to fight, quote unquote, misinformation. All public schools teaching media literacy to K through 12. Let me ask you this. What are they going to teach a kindergartner about media literacy, by the way? Kids, don't believe what you see on Maggie and uh, Stephen Maggie. Don't believe what SpongeBob's saying. Like, what are you possibly going to teach K through 12? Other than, hey, there's only one real narrative. There's only one source of truth, and that's big daddy government. And, of course, big daddy government subsidiaries, the mainstream media companies, which are sponsored by Pharma, which also, of course, owns and operates at least half of our government. The other half, of course, operated by the military industrial complex. That's the only reason to have it through kids, teaching kids that young, kindergarten through fifth grade. There's no other possible reason to teach them media literacy other than to stil- simply propagandism. Stelter. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to get into the the older classes. Again, this is a war on critical thinking is what it is. They don't want you to think for yourself. They don't want children to think for themselves. And they want, and I've said this before, they want to eliminate discussion online. They want to eliminate trust in what social media is. They want to eliminate trust in what your family says. They want to eliminate trust in what you might come across in your everyday life. The only trust they want, the only truth they want to establish is government and mainstream media. So every one of these media literacy classes is going to be saying one thing and one thing only. I can guarantee you, haven't read the, haven't read the, the program book, haven't read the coursework yet. Guaranteed getting that information is going to be difficult. As difficult as getting the CRT shit they're teaching kids. Here's what it's going to say over and over and over again. And again, I'm a public relations professional. I work in propagandizing people all the time. I have actually helped design actual, I don't know, I wouldn't call it propagandics. It is more educational, but help design a uh, educational materials based around what was called the Holocaust by bullets. You can Google that if you want. It's actually pretty fascinating, but it will hammer one in one thing only. And that is that when you're talking about social media, most of the time it is going to be misinformation and you need to cross check with a mainstream, quote unquote, reliable source. That's what's going to be parroted. That's what's going to be hammered into these kids' heads time and time and time again so that they don't question, they don't critically think about anything. Instead of critically thinking, instead of weighing the options and information they have at their disposal, instead of looking at social media, trying to get into a discussion or finding information on their own, they want them to default into the mode where they will go to a mainstream media source to quote unquote fact check. Now, what have we seen in the mainstream media as far as fact checking over the past five years? absolutely abdicating truth, ha- honesty, journalistic integrity in order to parrot the mainstream government narrative. Every fact check that you saw put on any social media post in regards to COVID, in regards to mRNA, in regards to vacations, in regards to efficacy, in regards to death rates, in regards to cause, in regards to uh, to who is most susceptible, was slapped with a misinformation little marker which, of course, made it so that it was either impossible to see, made it so that it was, and even if it's not impossible to see, made it so that instantly people come across your post and they go, well, this is can't be true. It's got a misinformation marker on it telling me to go visit the CDC's website. Of course, we know who the fact checkers are that label these things too. Stooges that work for big pharma, big government, and big media. Activists. So they're going to tell you not to trust social media and to check your sources. That is criminal. Now, granted, the people of New Jersey are not exactly the smartest cookies when it comes to who they vote for, um, but maybe this will wake them up when they find out what the kids are doing. Next thing I want to talk about real quick, and then we'll wrap it up with some uh, some conversation about this IRS stuff that's been going on. So, Biden administration just, and they've not formalized it because they're not suicidal, but just floated the idea that they would ban all gas stoves in the coming years. Oh, let me get a sip of this. I a little scratchy throat. So they want to ban all gas stoves in the coming years. Now this got pretty immediate backlash, not just from people on the right, not just from sane people, but also some people on the left thing is number one, there's no good reason to do this. Um, you know, to to say climate change, to say that we have to get off of uh, a reliance on fossil fuels is but fuck retarded. Number one, as I've said this a million times, we don't have an energy grid that can support a pure electric anything, anything. Gavin Newsom famously has said that we go California, we're going to go all electric vehicles, and as Thomas Massey and others, and myself, and uh, and Alex Epstein have pointed out, we don't have a grid that can handle that. We don't have a grid that can handle two refrigerators in every household being plugged in at once, let alone two electric cars charging on top of all the other appliances that we have that use electricity all the time. Fossil fuels are the only reliable backbone. Talk about a reliable source. (laughs) That's the only reliable source we have that can provide enough electricity to power what we have currently, let alone if you try to double that. So it's absurd to think that making everything into a electric version for your ovens, for your stovetops is a great idea and is going to combat climate change. No, it's going to require us to burn more fossil fuels and it's probably going to knock out electricity grids. But that's not the real thing here even, right? Climate change, it's all claptrap to get to what? More control, naturally, but also crony capitalism. Who benefits, right? We always have to ask, who benefits from this? Well the number one beneficiary if we ban all the gas grills, all the gas stoves, right? We ban all these things, who benefits the most? Oh, that's right, manufacturers of ovens and cooktops and stoves and dryers and everything else that don't run on electric or don't run on gas anymore. Now everybody's already got their options out there. It's not like these people have to reinvent the wheel for you to use your new electric stove. No, you're just going to be forced to buy a new electric stove the new electric dryer, you know, whatever it might be. Think about the billions and billions of dollars, just not let alone the average consumer. Think about just in government housing, government subsidized housing, right? The projects of which there are thousands housing millions. Every one of them has laundry on site. Every one of them has uh, cooktops on site. I can guarantee you They don't run on electricity. I could guarantee you they run on gas. Why? Because the majority, the vast majority of them, are built from the 1940s, 50s, 60s, when the Democrats decided to quarantine the black population in those ghettos. So they're old as shit. They're old in the rundown. They're all gas-based. The billions of dollars just to replace stoves and dryers in government housing makes this bill such a massive windfall. For GE, for Maytag, for you know, whatever conglomerates own KitchenAid and everything else. Talk about your bailout for an industry. And then you're gonna force everyone in America. When they buy a new one, you're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna force you to get rid of your old ones. But I said government housing, you know they're gonna do it right away. Right away, they're gonna swap those out. But the forced purchasing of electrics, of these new, you know, again, you're not gonna be able to buy a used one anymore either. The used market, there's a store up the street that sells used, you know, used appliances. About half the store, ovens, stovetops, dryers, all gas-based. That's gone. Only new from here on out. Talk about your crony capitalism. Who benefits? Always the first question to ask. All right. Last thing. So Kevin McCarthy is finally Speaker of the House. I had joked that uh, we should call him the Lorax because he speaks for the trees since the Republican Party typically does jack shit but stand around and get uh, get chopped down. But to their credit, some good stuff happened, right? There were some concessions made here. And, and you know, people are really crapping on Matt Gates, But good job, Gates. You know, John uh, John was talking about this on Fighting Freedom on Monday, too. Good job, Gates, standing up to these assholes. I mean, you're Dan Crenshaw calling Matt Gates a terrorist, an enemy of the people, a, uh, what else did he call him? A uh, <laughs> Something else, some other ridiculous phrase. Because he dared to hold up an election for speaker, and who gives a shit, by the way, if they can't pass bills for, you know, two months, because they wanted concessions like having to read bills, giving 72 hours to read something before you vote on, to breaking up omnibus bills so you can't have a 1.2 trillion bill shoved down your throat 72 hours, or, or the Christmas day, to saying, no, vote on the bills individually. Why is my camera fucked up? That's annoying. To saying, yeah, no, vote on these individually. You can't lump all this crap together and then force it down our throat the day before Christmas. These are good concessions. Not only that, I'll get to this in in a minute. They're going to force a vote on whether or not the IRS should be abolished and the federal income tax should be abolished. How about that? But tangibly, they've already gotten a victory. Tangibly, I will give McCarthy credit for getting on the right side of what's going on, for actually doing something after he got his speaker position, in that they've rescinded and repealed the funding for the 87,000 IRS agents. Now, I was also joking today, you know, there's some asshole on Twitter, uh, oh, who was an editor for Snopes, obviously, and Snopes is very clearly in the pocket of the left. If you read any of their fact-checking, it's very left. They go out of their way to fact-check jokes for fuck's sake. (laughs) Any joke made about the left, they will fact-check it. But he had fact-checked the $600 Venmo transactions that the government announced that they would be going into your Venmo accounts to make sure that you weren't sneakily hiding money from the government, anything over $600. And he said, guys, the Venmo is only going to be for for business transactions and money sent, not your personal transaction sent to your mom. Uh, Which I replied, I don't give a fuck, man. I don't give a shit. I don't care. (laughs) My specific phrase to him was, I don't care if it's for horse castrations over $600. Stay the fuck out of my goddamn bank account. Stay out of my payment plans. I don't care. I don't want the government looking into it. Period. This repealing of the funding for the 87,000 IRS agents is awesome. This is something that goes across the aisle. This was unpopular with the left and the right. Your extreme leftists, the idiots who say, tax me more. Of course, they're not going to complain about anything because they actually believe they drink the Kool-Aid that they're going to go after billionaires. Meanwhile, the audit that just came out about the IRS showed that the IRS went after who? The poorest people, not the billionaires, because the billionaires are hard to catch. You don't really catch the billionaires. The billionaires have accounting firms that go through and make sure they can't get caught, that make sure that the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. You know who doesn't do that? Poor people. You know who doesn't have the ability, the time to go through the absolutely... Uh, maze-like structure of our IRS filing procedures? Poor people. You know who doesn't understand all the benefits and drawbacks, where you can take off, how much you can take off? Poor people. And you know who doesn't have uh, an accounting firm to fight back? Poor people. So the IRS went after poor people predominantly, and these 87,000 new IRS agents would have done the same. So this is awesome. It's a huge victory for them. It's a way to get out from the right foot. They did the right thing there, and I'm really happy about it. But on the next level, now they're talking about one of the conditions that was presented. And I can't remember. Let me see. I I think actually I have a link to it. Yeah, I have the link to it here. So a motion is going to be getting put forth on a bill, vote on the bill to abolish the IRS Eliminate the national income tax and replace it with the national consumption tax. This will be voting on uh, It's from Georgia Republican Buddy Carter, and he's introducing the Fair Tax Act. Now, consumption tax is something that's pretty interesting, right? I personally, I wasn't opposed to Rand Paul's idea of a a flat tax of 14.5%. I'm opposed to taxation in general because tax- taxation is death, as you know from our T-shirts and bugs. I believe that taxation is death, but any step forward is a good step forward, in my opinion. Repealing the entire national income tax is a great step forward. Will it ever happen? Fuck no. There's no chance. There's no chance. Even Republicans won't vote for it. You'll get some people, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure the, the Freedom Caucus people will vote for it. I'm sure Massey will vote for it, as he should. I'm sure we'll get here's my guess 180 180 Republicans will say yes you're still going to have the other 32 say no the the rhinos uh the big government activists they're going to say no because they need they want the money right but still the the fact that this bill will be voted on is a an achievement that's a victory in its own right the fact that they now have to debate Bringing a fair tax, bringing a consumption tax to the floor, and debating the merits of that tax, debating the legality of the federal income tax, debating the evolution, and ho- I'm hoping that people, you know, like Thomas Massie will come up and talk about the evolution of the income tax, what it, where it was of 0 to 2% and how the war state had increased it to where it is now. And yes, it's based upon the war state and explicitly said by people in the government who helped design it, it's based upon control because you can go after people if they don't comply based upon they're not paying their taxes. It's an excuse to make people comply and to keep an authoritarian boot on your neck. It's not just about the money, because as we see, they print money, no problem. The entire Federal, uh, <laughs> the entire federal uh, Reserve Bank is created as a Ponzi scheme to print money for the giant banking uh, cartels. They don't need our tax money. It is as a point of pressure, pure and simple. But still, getting rid of it is an awesome thing. Hey, Forest Mommy's here. What's up, Forest Mommy? Forest Mommy, freshly banned from Twitter again. Elon Musk. What the shit? Yeah, exactly. Any any step forward, and again, having the discussion is so vital. And maybe maybe it'll pass. I doubt it, but maybe it'll pass. But the fact that you have a conversation now about the benefits of a consumption tax, okay. Number one, by the way, if it did pass, if we did have a consumption tax. You would you would learn very quickly just how much the billionaires do pay, because people that are rich do pay a hugely disproportionate amount compared to poor people and uh, it is wild when you actually look at the numbers but of course they'll say well they're to stay they have to pay their fair share even though their pair, fair share is you know 4000 times what the average person makes in a year just in taxes but you know a consumption tax great i love it rain in the spending rain in the the uh, the annual budget make it based upon what people use what they're what they're spending their money on i love it bring it on massive step forward have the conversation. I'm excited to see what's going to happen about it. You know, this might be like an NFL game, though. You know, McCarthy and the Republicans, they've got their game plan drawn up, just like in the NFL games. You come out, you look good for the first series, you score a touchdown, and then you're like, what the fuck did we do now? You got people running into each other. Guys are falling over from cardiac arrest based on mRNA. <laughs> yeah, people have our attacks on the field because now the playbook's falling apart. Not to joke about Hamlin. I know, guys, like yeah, too soon? It's probably too soon. But still, I like the opening plays that the Republicans are running so far with control of the House. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us here. I want to remind you guys, please do go give us a five star review and a write up if you can be so kind on an uh, Apple on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever you're listening, please do give us a review and a write-up. It means a lot. It does help promote the show. Same thing, Mean Age Daydream solo feed. I'm going to have a show later this week on that. Please give that a write-up. Please go subscribe to that YouTube. Reminder, hit the notification buttons on our YouTube page, please. I beg of you. We are being throttled so severely, it's the only way you're going to see what we're doing. Please go. And also, please support us on Patreon. Huge Thank you for that. Otherwise, guys, I want to play you a song from Jinx Inc. and this is a uh, this is a banger, man. This is from our buddy Tyler Colford and uh, AKA known as Crypto Man, longtime supporter of our show. Great guy, actually he has run for Libertarian office in his hometown and uh, just a, a magnificent man and a unbelievably talented rapper. So I'm going to play this. This song is called Usurp. It is off of the new album by Jinx J Y N X Inc. Check it out, you're gonna love it. Otherwise, from me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty Network. From Mean Age Daydream, keep those electric eyes on me, babe. Keep that ray gun to my head. Peace. You're crazy, crazy. I'm crazy, deranged. Insane in the membrane, that's why I'm the governor, can't tell me a damn thing Even if you are big brother, you ain't the boss of me, simply put But apparently we see it differently, cause your point of view, I don't see Much for your legacy to be helping on supremacy Mental robbery of intellectual property Nobody wanna witness when you're doing me dirtily Now I got all eyes on me while I lead the insurgency Mainstream, big screen I uh, see folks clean, live screaming, to dear life, learn life, to so the life, feels this right, into the right life. You serve the power of the people, You serve the cowards and the fall. Dogs waiting for the masters to return. Only gonna see the rashes after they burn. You serve the power of the people. You serve the cowards and the sheepfold. Dogs waiting for the masters to return. Only gonna see the rashes after they burn. Smoking, mirrors. I'm sniffing lines of barfit down the block for the profit.